All right, fantastic. Greetings, my friends, and welcome to Hardwater Radio. This is Jason Archer. We're recording live under the umbrella of Hardwater One here in the Valley of the Sun. And today we continue the mission to arm humans with the tools to crush mediocrity, create mastery, and live in total wellness with my next guest, Kim Angeli. Now, Kim is, well, she's got, she's worn many, many hats, but most recently she is now CEO of Grateful Box, which I believe is a creation of her own. And we're going to dive into her story and learn a little bit about her life today and the power of gratitude. So Kim, welcome. Well, thanks for having me. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm smiley so stoked. Smiley face off Facebook. Woo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. You're real. Woo-hoo. I am real. We are real. And one of the coolest things, speaking of being real, one of the coolest things that really, really turned my head about you was this. You yes. reached out to me on Facebook and you're just like, hey, can I send you something? Oh, yeah, I sent you a gratitude card. And tag. you sent me a gratitude card. And it was just the most amazing thing because so many people, you know, really don't take advantage of the opportunities to build relationships on social. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I was very. And, and what happens is we're all humans, right? At the end of the day, wanting to connect and have some inclusion. Mm-hmm. And so that's a way I can connect with people and say, Hey, this is just a little reminder to choose grateful living. It's on your key tag and hopefully you have a car and you don't ride a horse to work. That's right. right. (laughs) That's right. But I love that. I just love the fact that you actually took action and it's such a great way to get what it is that you want to bring into the world in front of someone's face. Just something as simple as a, a quick little mailer, you know? Yeah. And those are fun. I mean, back to writing gratitude and writing those handwritten notes for me. I mean, I send a lot of cards and gifts out and fruit baskets for myself and other people, but um, actually writing a thank you and a note is just so like awesome. It's kind of a spiritual thing for me. You know, let me put a real stamp on this note and walk it to the mailbox and put the little red flag up on the mailbox. Like it's amazing. That's so old school of you, right? Yeah. Well, I've written my daughter a letter every week that she's been in college since June 1st. That's amazing. I was very surprised to open it up and see actual handwriting on the inside. I thought it might be, you know, one of those generate auto generated. things. Yeah. 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 That was very cool. Well, because, you know, at the end of the day, um, I can sit there in the morning or sit, you know, I can. I mean, I, I envision thousands, millions of those key tags on people's keychains. However, I have to get them on people's keychains to remind them to choose grateful over grumpy. Mm, I love it. I love that phrase as well. Fantastic. <laughs> so let's dive into your world, young lady. I know that you've had or you've led and continue to lead a very, very interesting, exciting life. And one of the things that was sort of interesting to me when we did our pre-interview was you know, you didn't start in the world of entrepreneurship per se. You were working in the tech world. And so I'd like to take a moment and just collect a little bit of background info. I think people generally gravitate toward those we can identify with. So give us a little bit about the where you're from and how you got into, you know, your first initial exposure into the professional slash corporate world. Well, so I grew up around a lot of entrepreneurs. No one in my world worked for anyone. Um, I grew up with a bunch of entrepreneurs in a cocktail party on the back of a yacht. Honestly, if I just sum it up really quickly. Um, so I was told I could do pretty much anything I wanted to. So I went to East Carolina, have a sales and marketing degree, <laughs> went to work for Campbell Soup and got into the tech world. And, you know, if you'd met the 1999 version of Kim, let me just explain her to you. I would have said, well, my name's Kim Angeli, and I work for Cisco Systems, and I manage the Sprint Channel, eight states, $65 million quota. I did $85 million last year because I'm a rock star. And um, I have a fairly large shoe collection of 525 BMW, and I make about a quarter of a million dollars a year. And I'm all that, and I'm into myself, and I was probably the most ungrateful, self-centered, quota-driven you might have been a victim of mine if you'd gotten in my way between myself and my direct deposit. Mm. That was my mentality. Victim. I was, it was all Kim doing, I, I was the one in control. I was the one making it happen. I was whatever it took to, and if anybody was in my way. And then in March of 2001 in the Fort Lauderdale airport, I bought, 
the book, The Power of Focus, because I'm a airport book junkie. You ever met those people? Well, I'm a book junkie in general, but bring me to an airport with some downtime and I might buy a hundred dollars worth of books, right? You know, and I'm going to read every one of them on the plane. I can read a book on the plane by the time I get there. Um, it was a power focus by Jack Canfield. And a couple months later, I got laid off from that world I had created. April 29th of 2001, Cisco laid off about 10,000 people and I was one of them in the dot-com bust. And so I handed in that quarter of a million dollar paycheck and that image I had created around myself. It was one of the worst days of my life. Mm, wow. So, so fast forward to the end of that year, I created my insurance agency from scratch, just started it, you know, and then um, found myself in the insurance world, building a business with that same Cruella kind of um, whatever it takes. I have the corner office. I mean, I'm good at creating and, and getting And so one day. Um, I was called Cruella in my own office. And he's like, wow, you're a get it done girl. And at what expense? And I was like, huh? It was wow. an epiphany for me. Wow. So that had to shake you just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I dusted off that power focus book that I had never really like looked at since 2001. And in the book lived gratitude. And so as a habit, as a habit. Okay. So what does gratitude as a habit actually translate to in practice? So a lot of people, Jason, think they're grateful. You know, they might write their little note down in the morning and they go out and they're a jerk in traffic. They're not choosing grateful living, right? They're not choosing to when life is happening to us all the time, every day, right? I mean, it's just happening to us all the time. How do we react to that? So in that book lived a lot of habits that I started integrating, gratitude being the biggest one. But one of them was, you know, how to it's our choice, 100 percent, how I react to something, because life is never not going to be happening to us. But it's my choice to either be a grumpy or be grateful. Like I said to you on before we got on this call, we were on the Google Hangouts and my dad had a Gmail account and his little face is there. I don't know how to delete it. And he passed away in 2018. Mm. Now, the ungrateful Kim of 1999 would have experienced that life event differently than I did in 2018 because I was walking in gratitude. Totally different experience. Um, and so gratitude, when I started practicing it, changed my life. Just one note. I started with one note a day. And it was a time in my life where I was tired. I was burnt out. I was building a business. I was raising a five-year-old. My husband was working pretty much an hour away from an hour commute one way. And I mustered one note a day of what went well, what I was grateful for, and put it in a box beside my bed before I went to bed every night. And after 30 days of doing that in a row, committed to the process, I felt my energy shifting and the way I even engage with people was totally different. Mm. So let's dive into that just a little bit. You know, we get the word gratitude thrown around a lot in, you know, in memeville on social media. A lot yeah, memeville. Days, yeah. Right. But I think a lot of times the power of it is misunderstood and, and really goes over a lot of heads. So maybe take a moment and dive into the purpose of gratitude. Like what is it really that we're going for when we're saying that we want to create a mindset of having gratitude or showing gratitude. So gratitude itself for all of you scientific people is 540 megahertz energetically, right? So when you start to say, okay, I, I, I maybe I'm, maybe I had a grumpy conversation with someone. I was in the insurance business for 15 years. So I had a lot of grumpy conversations with people because think about Jason, when do you call your insurance agent? When life is good or yeah, when you have a problem? Not so much. Yeah. When, when there's yeah, so, problems. Right. So a hundred percent of calls into an insurance agency, property and casualty, home and auto are, I have a problem and I need you to help me solve it. So you're dealing with grumpy conversations. Well, how we react to these is our choice. 
<clears throat> and when you react to them in gratitude instead of in a negative, angry, defensive manner, which is 150 megahertz, which is a low energy level. You ever been around somebody who's grumpy all the time and angry? And they're like, wow, this is not fun. Like, why am I? It's because their energy is so low, right? It's a really low energy conscious level. So gratitude itself, deciding that even though life is happening to me, I'm going to flip the switch and choose. I can be grumpy for a moment. No, I'm not trying to say that Kim Angeli is never grumpy. I mean, you can ask my husband on the other side of this wall. I mean, I have grumpy <laughs> moments, but I don't let grumpy come in and turn grumpy into today, tomorrow, next week, a month of grumpy. I'm going to use gratitude as a tool. I mean, I literally always have a journal for, I don't, probably my whole life because my mother has. Um, I have a journal. Oh, I forget we're not being video, but I have a journal beside me at all times. And I have literally been in such a crummy place. I have sat down and just written, I am happy and grateful for, fill in the blank, I am happy and grateful for whatever it is until I can feel my energy shift. I actually just gave a client a grateful box as a Christmas gift because I felt the negative energy is stopping their cash flow and abundance. And I got an email from him last night and he said, oh my gosh, just writing one note and putting it in this little grateful box, which is our product. We don't have a ton of them, so don't email me for, I want to order one. We're working on it. Um, he basically was like, I feel better when I write it down. And there is some scientific writing it down. Like when you said you got that handwritten note, writing it down is more powerful than thinking it. It's, it, it, it changes the state more than just saying, well, I'm great. I'm grateful. I'm not saying you can't say I'm grateful, but the actual act of writing it down helps you with gratitude. Yeah, that is super key. I mean, I think that's one of Tony Robbins's big sticks is like, you know, you have to learn the mastery. You have to learn how to change your state, right? You want to be able to bring right, the best absolutely. version of you into, into the things that you want to do, right? And I think that when I was first exposed to a gratitude practice, I was just sort of going through the motions. You know, I was, you know, it was letter of the law, not spirit of the law for me. You know, I was just writing right. it down. And what I was doing was I was making a list of things I was grateful for. And I decided that I did that because someone told me to do that. But what I did after the fact is I realized that that wasn't changing how I felt. And so I just let go of it altogether. And, and what I started doing each morning is when I first climb out of bed, as I grab my phone, I have a little journal on my phone. And just write the number of the day of the entry. I think today was like 2021 or something. The number of mm -hmm. the date of the entry. And then I just write something until I feel myself feel good about what I wrote. And so. Right. You've got to have the attachment of the feeling of it. Mm. You can't just like go through the motions of it. Yeah. You've got to really like feel that happiness because we're grateful and then we have joyfulness. Mm. We don't say, that's not the way it works. If you follow David Rast, he's a monk and I follow him. We have, we're grateful and then we experience happiness. We can't say we'll be happy when we're grateful. We're grateful and then we experience happiness. Gratitude is the antidote to worry and fear. It's, it's the way we, we can't ever not have another negative thought. We have to replace that negative thought with gratitude, positiveness experiences. Like I'm a business mastery graduate. I went and spent five days and 75 hours with Tony Robbins. And I will tell you, he is one of the most energetically. I mean, I got this far from him, like when I was sitting down, cause it was only 1800 people and you, and I'm like, why does that guy? Have? So at the beginning he's walking around. I'm like, I tell my new friend, Lizbeth, I said, why does that guy have bodyguards? And she's like, I don't know. Like, why does he have bodyguards? And so we didn't realize. So he got near me and I, I literally felt magnetized. Like I wanted to stand up and be closer to his energy level. And she's like, girl, you better sit down. Those bodyguards are going to push you back. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so, so literally I was like his energy level, his conscious level, I could feel the energy where he was experiencing. And he said, hey, you know how you change your state? Like this. 
you decide to change your state, you turn on music, you call your best friend who makes you happy, and you use the tools you know to change your state. That's how we do it, like mm-hmm. that. And I'll never forget him doing that visually. Yeah. Is how we change our state. But a lot of people don't learn that. I didn't learn that. I grew up with a great father. He was amazing, but he had a huge temper. Mm. And so I learned, you know how you get things? You scream and yell and you take your hand and you, you know, wipe your desk clean. And maybe somebody will listen and you might have a temper tantrum in the floor. That's what I learned. That's a horrible way to react. Yeah, for sure. I had to unlearn all of that with the tools of gratitude and choosing to react differently. And I still work on it. I mean, sometimes the old Kim will be like, ah, you know, mess with my bank account and the old Kim might rear her head or whatever. But I have to go back to that conscious level of saying, OK, who is this serving? You're you're not going to throw up on the girl answering the phone at the bank. She has nothing to do with it. Right. And so when we flip the switch and we start with grace and gratitude in our connections with other humans, life is so much better. Mm. I love how you frame that. And it's such a, a beautiful tool that, you know, Tony gave us. I've done a few of his seminars, you know, and he talks about the power of decision. And he says that a decision happens in an instant, you know, like just like you're talking about your state changes in an instant with that finger right. snap, right? A decision happens in an instant and you're cutting off the past and separating the past from the now and what you plan to, to get done in the future. And so I'm curious, you know, in your working with people in and around this concept of gratitude, how do you get people to see that they can shift that quickly from one mindset um, to another? It's a process. I literally baby step them into um, if they're, I work predominantly with business owners who want to have deeper relationships with their customers and strategic vendor partners, and they don't want to chase leads or cold call. They want to really have deep relationships with their people that they've sold things to and they do the do do life with. Um, it's making them actually do kind of what I did with you is I've actually made a client, um, just a scenario. I During COVID, um, I teach a lot of business owners how, how to get their business on Nextdoor around the country. And I don't just teach them Nextdoor. I also secretly inside my next door business mastery program lives gratitude. And so I brought on this amazing residential cleaning owner and she was kind of down and, and she was like, I've got people paying me to clean their home and we're not going cause it's COVID. And so she said, I feel a little guilty because they're paying me a couple hundred dollars a week, you know, about 50 clients and we're not going. And for her, it was, it was, it was kind of a withdrawal out of her love bucket. Like she was grateful that they were paying her, but she was just still sad because of the whole demise of the country. So I said, this is what you're going to do. And of course, all the people that I tell this to roll their eyes and say, Kim's lost her mind, right? Because I'm crazy in the beginning. And so I said, I want you to go to CVS which is a discount, you know, a pharmacy store. I think they're around the country. Yeah, we have. And I want you to get a, you know, just a packet of thank you notes, 50. And I want you to, I'm going to script the thank you note, the gratitude note. And I want you to handwrite 50 notes of gratitude to those customers. Well, that was twofold. One, the actual writing of the gratitude to other people starts the shift of, oh, oh, that was, Oh, wow. Right. So that is one way is they put gratitude out into the world and they're like, oh, wow. Okay. Now I see the shift on why we, why we shouldn't sell a house to someone and then never talk to them again. You know, we should send them a note of gratitude 12 months from now or a fruit basket. And then I say, you know, what is your morning routine? How can we start choosing grateful over grumpy when they have maybe a, I've had some clients have some really grumpy experiences with customers and I'll say, okay, well, let's, how can we work through this and not focus on the one that went wrong and the one, not the 10 that went well, right? We tend to focus on what went wrong. So just getting them to focus on, I start all my coaching calls with this. Tell me something good. Tell me something you're grateful for. Now, all of them know my private clients know I'm going to ask this question. Yet they still sit 
in silence. And they were like, I know you're going to ask this question. And they still have to think about what went well today because we want to stay in the negative mind. Mm -hmm. So we've got to train the brain to focus on what is going well instead of what is going wrong. And that's gratitude versus grumpy in my world. So why do you think it is that we have such a tendency to focus on the negative over the positive? Because there are more people in the negative mind than in the positive mind. And I think, like for myself, I don't hang out with a ton of people in the negative mind. So naturally, I experience less negative experiences. I'm a Rotarian. I hang out with like-minded people. I'm always trying to get into bigger conscious levels of people, like get around people who are smarter than I am. I don't think people are taught at an early age when we need to learn it the power of gratitude and choosing what's going well instead of what's going wrong. If you look at the world, we, they, we migrate to fear and worry and this negative news and this, and it's just, and it's just, it's, we're, we're just getting fed more and more and more. And so I don't, we don't watch the news around my house. We don't turn TVs on. And I have an 18 year old and she went to a private school in where we lived before Charlotte. And gratitude was one of their character things they taught in kindergarten. And I taught her gratitude, obviously. She lives a different mindset than the average 18-year-old. When my father, I was homeschooling her when my father went missing in March of 2018. He was getting some dementia from his disease and he got in his Toyota Camry and he drove off and he was lost for about 24 hours. Wow. That had to be terrifying. So here's a public service announcement for all your listeners. If you ever have an old person or young person get lost, always call and do a silver alert because it's national. That is the one thing that saved my father. He crossed the North Carolina-Virginia line. He's a speeder. Why he was in the insurance business his whole life? Because he could negotiate rates. And he got caught by the highway patrol. Now, he'd been gone for 24 hours under silver alert. Okay. And then when they pull it up, it says silver alert. This man's missing. And he took him to the police station. My mom and my aunt and uncle went and got him. When I told my daughter, I walked out of my office and I told my daughter, who was coming up the hallway, Samantha. Dinka is what she called my father. That's a whole nother podcast. Don't ask me how that started. (laughs) Dink is missing. She turned to me and she said, it's okay. He'll find his way. And she walked right into her room and started doing work. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I had been 15, she wasn't even 16 yet. If I had been 15 and my mother had told me that my grandfather was lost, I would have lost my marbles at that age because I was a reactionary being. Mm -hmm. I would have just like, like been very reactionary. And she just looked at me and was like, it's okay. He'll find his way. Now she is very spiritual. She has a very good relationship with God, but she is rooted in gratitude. And I didn't learn it until I was like 40 years old. So Mm -hmm. can you imagine what her life will be learning it earlier? Uh, Amazing. Amazing. Absolutely. I mean, all the things, I'm not saying I was the perfect parent, but I'm just saying there's some things that she learned that I never learned until I was old. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really key point, right? Especially as, you know, parents or mentors or, you know, whatever capacity we're working with other people. If we have this sort of understanding that there's a skill set that's missing, which there really is, you know, whether it's finance or gratitude or whatever the case may be, you know, look back into your training. You know, you didn't get that from a government school. You're not going to get it from, you know, from most people on the street. So where in the world do we start incorporating this idea of personal growth and development, things like gratitude and mindset. You know, I mean, it sounds as though that book, uh, The Power of Focus that you mentioned earlier, was kind of like your ticket through the door. And that that was, was. and that was kind of like a sheer accident. You know, you just picked it up at the airport. And my story is similar. So I'm really curious about what my life would have been had I not been exposed to the tools back in 2008. And so how can we, as people, do a better job or, or, or spend time in the presence of people who have sort of, you know, flipped that switch and, and made that connection that, you know what, there's more than what I was wrote, taught in school. 
I think it's planting seeds, right? So a lot of um, when I journal in the morning and I'm reading, um, we just have to be seed planters and we have to do things like this. And um, God called me out of owning an insurance agency with six people as my employees and a very um, lucrative cash flow life to inspire grateful living at a very big level. And um, I, I was like, what is happening? Like, wh- I'm not the girl who I'm, I'm the girl who in speaking class in high school was like, well, I'm sick. I can't come in. <laughs> I mean, if you ever told me I'd be standing in front of thousands of people speaking, um, I would have said you were crazy. But I was I had that opportunity to learn those skills at Cisco. Mm-hmm. I had to speak in front of large groups. And so he was I was getting my skills honed in other areas to get me to where I am today. Yes. Because I believe that just doing podcasts and speaking and writing the books and inspiring others through whatever means we can to choose grateful living. Because I'm telling you, I always say, okay, God, can I get off Facebook? No. And and I'll have a message on direct message and say, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for your posts. And sometimes they're for me. Sometimes I need a little bit of realignment into my mindset. And so I'll post something that I find was inspirational for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I believe sharing is caring. I, I believe the more of us that rise to the occasion of inspiring people to be better and we can get it into our youth. Mm-hmm. See, I believe that when we can inspire grateful living and financial freedom in schools, and teach entrepreneurship and teach happy money, teach my, you know, the reason why Jap- Japan has more millionaires, I'm sure you've read Happy Money by Ken Honda, is they teach that mindset in school. Money is a mindset. Money is an energy. And so we need to teach the laws of abundance and we need to teach mindfulness. And I was never taught that. I was very lucky that my father handed me how to win friends and influence people and think and grow rich at a very early age. And I'm a reader. I mean, I have books all around me. One day there will be a huge library behind me. Um, that's not necessarily in this house, but I will have a library to put all my books and my dad's books in one place. And I've just always been curious. And I think we need to have people that are critical thinkers. They're curious and we inspire them to step into their authentic self. And not be and, and be who they were meant to be. Yeah, and that really starts at the in their programming years. I believe that's why Samantha is so different is that when you have children, their programming years, the things that are really hardwired and programmed are between zero and 10. It's really hard to break a lot of these hardwired habits after the age of 10. Yes. And so she was taught those things. I didn't learn till I was older. So it's harder for me to rewire my brain, which I do it on a daily basis. Clearly I work in a gratitude company. I own the place. So, but for her, it's just natural. Yes. You know what I mean? It's not like she's working against herself and her mindset. Right. She's become unconsciously competent, you know, yes. after years Absolutely. of work. Yeah, for just sure. who she is. Yeah, exactly. It's part of her being. I love that you brought that up, the zero to 10 and the zero to six. You know, most children are in a state of basically low brainwave state like theta, and they're taking in every little bit and piece of the world around them. And this is great because it allows them to learn, but it's also that moment when something tragically happens or there's some trauma or there's even excitement associated with an experience, then they start writing stories about themselves. And this is what you were touching on earlier where you were talking about people need to share. People need to, you know, kind of put themselves out there and say, Hey, you know, let's talk a little bit about how we could do this better. And then the, the E word gets in the way, you know, the ego comes into play and we, fall back on that programming that we had at those developmental years. And it says, you're not worth it. You know, no one's going to listen to you. You know, who are you to say anything to the world? And I'm wondering, as you've worked with more and more people, you know, I'm sure you've run into that mindset. I'm sure you've run into those objections. You know, how do you get that person to start to see that whether they think they're worth worthy or whether they think that they have nothing to offer that that is a form of hiding behind ego, just wanting to be protected and safe and not putting themselves out there. You know, how can you get to that place where 
you know, it's not as easy as it sounds to just walk up to someone and say, you know, this is what I appreciate about you. And especially in today's world, people right. think you're crazy, you know? Right. So, you know, how do you get them to break that chain? Well, I believe you, you have to be what you want to see, right? So you have to be grateful for that person. They have to experience gratitude. And you probably already know this, <laughs> but the more you're in alignment with gratitude, at that higher conscious level, there is the ego can't live when you're walking in a state of gratitude. It can't like, fortunately I was chosen to help Jack Canfield with his momentum masterminds um, starting tomorrow, actually. And when I'm around Jack, there is no ego there. He is totally in a state that I would love to be in. And I aspire to be in. And I believe it is becoming, because in 1999, do you think that Kim Angeli version 99, 1999, version 2000, new conscious levels, right? Do you think I, I never, I didn't, I was consciously, unconsciously and consciously unaware of any of it, right? I was just, I was, I was probably other than my goals for creating wealth and making my shoe collection bigger, I was a tumbleweed in the life of being in the conscious levels. I didn't know that they even existed. Mm. Right. And so one of the funniest things that ever happened to me was my daughter, I pulled her out of public school in 2018, not knowing what was coming. My dad was going to pass away and she was able to be there. And I made her do breakthrough to success online, which is one of Jack's programs that I have access to because I'm a train the trainer under Jack and blah, blah, blah. So she walks in my office and she's like, that guy, Jack stole your stuff. He sounds just like him. <laughs> so I had the opportunity to go help Jack at One Day to Greatness in Atlanta in 2019. And I told him that story. And he's like, well, you know, where where she recognizes that work mm-hmm. is from you. Right. You recognize it from me because of your little torn and tattered power of focus book right. that you've been holding on to since 2001 that looks like a train ran over it. And your, your attachment to what you learned is with me, mm. but her attachment to what she learned is with you. And so she, that's why she says, well, this guy sounds like you, mom, because she didn't learn it from me. She learned it from you. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we have to be is we have to be the domino effect. We have to be the ripple effect. And so that's why Grateful Box, the organization, we send out hundreds of birthday cards a, a month. Because when that birthday card lands in the mailbox, think about when you got that card from me in the mailbox. Well, first of all, A, I said I was going to send it to you, and I did. Yes. <laughs> well, there's a concept. You actually followed but, through. Right. right. So think about the client who called me last year who said, Kim, thank you so much for the birthday card. And the, there was some gift attached, brownies or something. Mm-hmm. And she said it was the only thing I got in the mail. Now, how did that make her feel? So the ripple effect of that is how I was... That to someone who might have some trauma, who might not have felt worthy in that moment at the mailbox felt worthy. Mm. So how do we do that? How do we like when my dad died? What an epiphany when my dad passed away. I mean, I knew people were ungrateful and I knew people didn't really show up in people's lives. But I was flabbergasted, Jason, on the people who didn't show up in my life at the death of my father. And then I was flabbergasted at the people who did show up that I didn't expect to show up. So where are we showing up in people's lives? Um, I had a guy who was going to, he's been on my wait list for some coaching services and he got COVID this week. And he texted me, he said, I can't meet with you tomorrow. I've got COVID. I said, okay. So this morning I texted him. I said, hey, what's up? You feeling better? You okay? You need some food? Do I need to door dash some food to you? Do you need some medicine? No, but thanks for checking in. See, it's those little things. We think sending a Facebook post for somebody's dad dying and saying, oh, sorry for your loss is acceptable. See, in my world, that's not acceptable. That's mm-hmm. not how we show up. We show up in people's lives because we care about them. It's the human connection. And, I love and we that. want to appreciate them and show gratitude at every level, at our highest self, at every moment. And not just say, oh, well, I did a Facebook post and I'm going to move along with my life. No, we don't need to move along. We need to get involved. Uh, and show it. gratitude and appreciation. Bless you, may your tribe increase. I love the fact that you, <laughs> you said that. That's amazing, right? Like the it's so true. I mean, when I yeah. you know, I never get I never get mail unless it's a bill, 
right? So the first thing <laughs> I'm flipping through is, well, you know, so or a Christmas card or more, something, right? You're going to get more mail from you me. Know? So like, I mean, just, just the fact that, that you took the time to send this makes it special in and of itself. And it does send the message that, hey, you matter, you know, on some level you matter. And, you know, a lot of times in my world, when I'm coaching people, I'm always, ta- I'm always harping on the intrinsic versus the extrinsic. I'm saying, listen, you know what, you've got to come from inside you and stop worrying so much about what's outside you. But what I heard you just say right now is a bit of a nuance to that piece where you're taking something that's outside a person, um, your energy, your effort, um, your desire to do something nice for them, and, and you're breathing it into them. And I think over time, this allows people to develop that intrinsic power to do it for themselves. And so I think a lot of times, you know, in the, in the world of development, we like to, you know, create you know, memes and short ways of saying things, little shorthand ways of saying things. And we forget the nuance. And I know that you just reminded me of this, you know, I need to do a better job of breathing life into other people before I start harping on that intrinsic piece. Like I'm always saying, don't worry about what I say or what someone else says, you know, that's got to come from within, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think what happens is people have somewhat show up with an agenda. Would you agree? Yes. And so they would say to me, and they say this to me because we send hundreds of gifts a month to people who don't pay us anymore. They don't pay. They're not a paying client, Jason. They're not a client. They paid us at some form or maybe they've never paid me. It's not about me being paid. It's me about celebrating the life of a human being in the mail or a call or a text or invite them to something or include them in something or I text people just to say, hey, how's it going? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so what happens is it's not about me. And when I remove it being about me and take the with them and just take the with them out of the equation and not show up and with them, people are like, oh, 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 okay. Why am I sending this out? Well, because this is a human being's birthday you want to celebrate. Well, am I going to get a listing out of this? Am I going to sell an insurance <laughs> policy? Am I going to get another chiropractic client? No, yeah. that's not the point. We're going to do it and we're going to let the rest of it figure itself out. And that's my hardest thing to teach is that we do it just because. Mm-hmm. We do it because they're a human being you want to celebrate and, and, and it's outside of ourselves. It's bigger than us. Yes. Like what I do today, my word for the year is humility. And humility, I'll read it. it, says being humble means recognizing that we are not on earth to see how important we can become, but to see how much difference we can make in the lives of others. Now, some people would say humility is weak. But when I read that humility, that's not weak. That's stepping into my higher self. And how can I serve someone before they serve me? Yes. And that's the hardest part, because I'll have somebody say, well, I sent a fruit basket. And I didn't get a million dollars in business. Well, that wasn't the reason. You know, it'll come along eventually. But you ever had anybody do that? You give them a homework item and then they it, it doesn't bear fruit like right away. Oh, yeah. And they're like, well, Jason, that didn't work. Right. And you're like, well, this isn't instant. You know, this isn't ramen noodles. <laughs> this is <isn't> like, <laughs> you know, instant grits here. Like you said, you know? It's like we, we, we farmers plant corn. I love this methodology that I get shown a lot sometimes because I'm not the patient, most patient person. So a farmer goes out and plants the corn under the dirt. Well, he doesn't go back out there the next day and dig up and say, hey, how y'all doing down there? Some of them die. Some of them grow. Some of them become ginormous. And then you eat corn. But, but we nurture and water and plant seeds along the way and we see what comes about. Mm, I love that. That brings up a great question. And I know that you have a, a, you know, an extensive business business background. So I'm going to hit you with it. So how does a marketer, someone who is obviously going after clientele, how does someone incorporate, you know, reciprocity, which is kind of what you're talking about hitting on, you know, with gratitude, but actually mean it, you know, like it sounds like uh, some of the people that you mentioned are really struggling with that. You know, how do I actually mean it? And instead of just actually, am I, I'm spending this money so that I get something back in return. Well, in the beginning, they are doing that. They are spending the money to get something in return. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. They're, they're doing it because I'm telling them this will grow your business. This will grow revenue. You will get repeat business in the beginning. But then they see 
and get the text that says, oh my gosh, this is the only thing I got in the mail for my birthday, or oh my gosh, no one sent anything when my brother dropped dead suddenly at the age of 61 of a heart attack. I have a story about that. Um, Because you're responding to someone's life events. And so in the beginning, I will say they're doing, that's what they're doing. They're only doing it because I'm telling them they're going to make more Benjamin Franklin's and get more repeat customers and their phone's going to ring. But then once they experience the reciprocity, they're like hooked. That's when I love it. That's when I love a client who, after they do it the first time, I had a real estate agent in LA about a year and a half ago. I was like, when was the last time you did a reach out to your client base? You know, the past clients you sold a home to and said, you know, we're grateful for you. She's like, what? Grateful for you. I've already sold them a home. Like they're not going to buy a house for seven years. I'm like on average. (laughs) And so we did this gratitude mail out and she got $2 million listings. Mm. Well, not from the people she mailed this stuff to, but they have friends. They don't, they're not hermits. They have friends and they have influence on other people. And so they suddenly remembered she existed and she was a rock star real estate agent. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, it was like, why are we doing this? So it's, in the beginning, it is kind of a rote thing we're doing, but then they get hooked when they're like, oh my gosh, wow, I saw my customer in the grocery store and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't thank you enough for sending that. It meant so much to me. Mm-hmm. Or they get that text. I got a text one time from a guy, his brother dropped dead at 61 of a heart attack. I immediately sent an edible arrangement. Well, I made sure he was home and I sent an edible arrangement and he sent me a text and he said, you know, out of all the people who showed up, because of this life experience of mine, my brother just dropping dead. I barely even knew. I'd only met the guy a couple of times, but I, he's really awesome. And that's just what I, I do. And he was like, I couldn't even read his text. It was so profound. It actually bring me tears to my eyes if I read it again, because it was so profound in his world. How are we showing up? One of my clients says, how do you wow people without words? How are you wowing them beyond the transaction, beyond what they bought from you? People want to feel connected and feel like they matter. 68% of people will leave you because they feel like you don't care about them. And so how are we doing that beyond, you know, coaching or a real estate transaction or insurance policy? I mean, does your insurance agent send you a thank you note and a birthday card every year? I don't think I've ever gotten a thank you note. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you know their name? Like, I mean, you know, so how do you become easily referable and, and, and attract referrals and what people want to give you business Sure. and want to, is because you appreciated them. Yeah. So the gratitude piece seems, seems like it comes full circle once you have been rewarded. I mean, in that sense, right? Like if I, if I send something out and my intent is to get business for it, I guess the first qu- philosophical question would be, is there anything right. wrong with that? Right. And, and I would, I would have to say no, but then if I'm, if I'm doing that and then I see the benefit of the ripple, like what you were talking about with your real estate agent in LA, like the ripple effect was, you know, I'm going to refer you out and now I'm going to get business and now you feel amazing. Right. So you send something out and now you, you're enjoying this fantastic feeling, you know, so how do I think about that in terms of I'm just getting the business or or, or is it true that once it comes full circle that I can actually feel the, you know, the reciprocity of the actual gratitude piece? Does, does that make me more grateful for doing it in the first place? Does it cho- sort of cause me to rewrite the story that I did it to get business? Or am I just thinking backward about that altogether? Well, I think you have to experience the reciprocity and in, in how that made the person feel. Like, I think once you get um, response back, you're like, oh, wow, that really wasn't about what I sent, it was that I acknowledged that person, you know, had a birthday or had a life event, or it's how you're, how are you making people feel at the end of the day? You could, people don't remember. I mean, think about your bosses that, that you may or may not have had in your lifetime. You don't, I don't really remember. I only remember my paycheck somewhat about Cisco because I talk about it, but Bob Doyle was one of my best bosses ever in mobile phones. And I can't tell you what I made. Like it was how the guy made me feel. I can't remember my salary. I can't remember my benefits or my 401k. It was like, how did Bob make people feel? 
So how are you make make people feel about you when they engage with you and your company? What is the culture of that? Because even like our clients are blown away. The minute they come into a program of ours, we deploy this three-year drip campaign of things in the mail for them and gratitude calls. And I teach gratitude calls and reaching out to people. And they're blown away that at this minimal level of like $97, they got some thank you gift in the mail. I mean, it blows them away. They're like, what? Like I get so many texts and it's the extra mile is not a crowded highway, Jason. I mean, Mm. we all know that. Yes. And so how are we showing up differently in a very noisy world? How are, I love to say, how are you unique in a noisy world so that you're very memorable Mm -hmm. and that you care about others? You can't fake gratitude. Now you could send that fruit basket the first time, And just be doing it to say, oh, I hope we get a listing or I hope we get a new insurance client. But you can't fake authenticity and gratitude for very long. Right. Yeah. You will be made to look very, very bad if you try. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I literally give send out so much stuff and write so many gratitude tags and and I'll see somebody and they're like, oh my gosh, do you remember sending me this book on Lala? I'm like, no. But I'm glad I sent it to you. And they'll say it changed my life, you know, or I said, you sent me this and it changed my life. And I just I have no attachment to do they get back to me? Do they thank me? I just send it and I let the rest flow. I don't say I sent this. But I didn't get 14 houses or I didn't get that's That's where people you can tell they're really attached to. I sent this amount out. And I need to get this ROI. When start, people start calling my ROI and all that, I'm like, okay, yep. We, we've got to stand in gratitude and authenticity. Yeah. So it's almost as if you're attached to the expectation more than you're attached to the actual investment into, the, into another person. Right. I'm attached to letting someone know I care about them beyond a transaction mm-hmm. and that I care about them as a human being, not just because they bought something for me or I have a relationship with them business-wise. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen this a lot. You know, um, I wasn't aware. Well, I think you, now that you mentioned it, I remember um, from my notes that we, you had talked about uh, building uh, an insurance empire, you know, and in the world of insurance, mortgage, real estate, for example, you know, you can't throw a rock without hitting one of those people, you know, they're all over the place everywhere. So, you know, the real question is, you know, how do you separate yourself? And I mean, you know, like I was telling you the only time I hear from my real estate, it's just like, Hey, your card was declined. You know, we need to update your credit card. (laughs) You know, uh, a right. real estate agent sends me some crap calendar that I'm supposed to stick on the fridge, right? And that's never going to Or a recipe. Happen. Yeah, right. exactly. Recipe. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So just having this, this idea that, you know, listen, I'm not in this solely for myself. Obviously, I do have an interest in reciprocity, but I'm not interested solely for myself. I really want you to enjoy the experience. That's what I'm taking from what you're saying. Right, right. And what happens is, People also overthink how many people do they need to nurture to grow their business. A lot of people say, oh, my God, I got to send out 5,000. I'm like, no, it doesn't take a lot of people to nurture to get to the numbers you want to get to. We don't need I don't need 30 million business owners to buy my next door program, you know, or whatever. Um, A lot of people overthink that. I'm like 5,000 Facebook likes will not put Benjamin Franklin's in your checking account. I'm sorry, but relationships matter. Yes. And so we want to build relationships because relationships will help you survive economic winters. So I don't know if you went to business mastery, but I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. And there are three things that I came away with at business mastery. Fall in love with your clients, not your product, add massive value and create raving fans. Because if you don't, you won't survive the next COVID. See, I didn't participate in 2008. I did not participate. Um, I had done some things because I saw the financial markets were kind of like on crack in 2007. And I did some things in my organization because I'm always following trends. But we had built deep relationships with our customers beyond insurance. Mm -hmm. And I've had people walk into my client's office and they say, oh, I have a new latest and greatest insurance product. Huh. Well, you know, my insurance agent does way more than insurance. I'm not interested. And that's when you know you've built raving fans. I love it. When they're not even interested. Because when you're talking about price, you've commoditized yourself. Yes. I never talked about price and insurance. Maybe fifth or sixth. 
it was always about how can I serve that person across from me at my highest self? And I'm still that way today. I mean, I have people call me all the time like, oh, I want to be getting on next door. Like, why? Well, I don't know. And I'll say, well, let me ask you some questions and make sure it's in your best interest. And they're like, oh, well, don't you sell next door program? Well, yeah, but not to people who don't need it. <laughs> and they're like, what? I was like, if it doesn't serve your business, I'm not going to let you spend energy on it. That's right. Oh, well, don't you sell next door programs? I'm like, yes, but not to people who need to waste money. Like, this is not my job. I'm going to tell you to go do something else or spend your energy somewhere else because it will serve you at a better level. Right. Well, who are you? I mean, they look at me like I have three heads. Yeah, because sure. they're used to someone just saying, oh, yeah, buy this, buy this, buy this. Ooh, pick me, pick me. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, a, a good salesperson abs- absolutely knows when to say no, you know, and absolutely knows. how. Oh, to absolutely. Answer, you know, and not everyone is going to be your client. And the faster you realize that, the, you know, the better your life is going to be. Yeah. Well, of one of my favorite words, Jason, is next. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be sure. a good fit. Yeah. <laughs> Let me refer you out to a friend of mine. That's right. Uh, I, I have someone just for you. Exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, um, one of the questions that has sort of formulated as we've talked is obviously you mentioned a little bit about your early life, sort of pretty much having access to anything and everything you wanted coming from, you know, a good family and this and that and the other thing, playing around on boats, you know, drinking all the champagne, <laughs> yeah. you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah. And then you have this transformational piece and then you go into business and you start serving people, and now you're running Grateful Box. And you mentioned this idea of gratitude replacing ego. And I find this to be beautiful because I think a lot of times people think that gratitude replaces unhappiness or gratitude replaces, you know, this sort of downtrodden feeling that I might be having in the moment. But really at the root of all of that, to my mind, it just seems to be Ego, because if you're in that place, you're only thinking about yourself and how you were done wrong and your expectations and all the rest of it. And I'm just curious to get your take on that. It's very hard for ego and gratitude to exist together. Um, because when you're, my theory is, in my experience, is that when I am walking in gratitude and wanting to serve people at my highest self, I believe it, it pulls me up into a higher conscious level is that ego cannot exist. It, it's not possible. It's, it's like Jack said to me one time, <clears throat> I'm a big fan clearly. And every time I, and I will, and I will encourage you if you do do personal development and you do have someone you follow and you say, Oh, I've been to so-and-so's blah, blah, blah. Well, you went to it at the level of consciousness you were in in that moment. But when you go again, hopefully you've grown into a higher self. And so you see things differently. So I've seen Jack deliver all kinds of things from stage. And he said to me one time, or he said to the audience, he said, you know, once you reach a level of consciousness and a level of gratitude or joyfulness, or you're getting out of ego, it's very difficult for you to go back into those lower conscious levels, right? So it's, it's, so a lot of people, it's very hard for me. I know that old Kim exists, but it's very hard for some people who have never met that old Kim because I live in Charlotte. Those people never had seen me as an agency owner. And so they're like, oh, we can't imagine meeting her. And, and that's hard for me to visualize her, but my husband knows she existed. I mean, he lived with her. And so he said, but he said, I could see something better in you that you couldn't see. Yes. Right. He's that guy. Yeah. So, so he could see that there was going to be this evolution of Kim. I just hadn't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. And so it's the evolution into your higher self and ego has to die. Mm. I love it. What does success look like? to this Kim that I'm talking to today. Okay. So success for me is I um, have inspired or planted enough seeds where the energy of the world has shifted into more gratitude. Um, The statistic is from a book I read from Napoleon Hill outwitting the devil is that 97% of people live in the negative mind. That used to be 98%, but it has shifted. 
And my goal is that it shifts to 96. I love it. Even just that little increment will shift the world of the energy. Because if what happens is if, if, if they're more, you know, when you're grateful and you're, you know, having more abundance and life is good and you're in a better mindset, when you're at home, you're in a better mindset. The people that you react with, it's a ripple effect. Yes. When we can have more people walking and choosing grateful living, choosing better, rea- own 100% accountability, owning their response, you know, E plus R equals O. We own our reaction or our response. The world will shift in the energy of the world. That's, that's my whole goal is that more, the more people like you and myself, it will take more than just myself, but the more people we can inspire to do this work on mindfulness and mindset and be, and, and like, who's going to replace Tony Robbins? Where are those people? Mm-hmm. Where are the other Jack Campbells of the world? Like we need people to rise up into their authentic self and, step into inspiring others to live these amazing lives. Yes. Yes. We need to find the others. Yeah. Yeah. We we need to find them because we have to, in order to help the other people who are stuck, Mm -hmm. they're stuck in this reactionary, fearful and worried mindset. And gratitude is the antidote to that. I love it. I love it. And I appreciate you being a bright shining light today on the show. And with that said, absolutely, of course, we'll have to do it again. Um, Tell the folks how they can get in touch with you. Tell them a little bit about Grateful Box and what you guys plan to do with that. And uh, we'll go from there. Well, so Grateful Box, we are a company in that we want to inspire people to choose grateful living. And we also help business owners think of out of box solution, you know, out of the box solutions to engage with gratitude with their strategic partners or their relationships. We don't really call them clients because we believe we have relationships we need to nurture in life, our networks we need to nurture. They don't necessarily have to be a client. And then we do have the Grateful Box, which is a product that's trademarked. But in 2019, I kind of let go my China supplier. I'm looking for a U.S. box maker. Mm -hmm. Um, We have one, one kind of in the wings, but with COVID, it's kind of like, we have low inventory, um, but we have a Choose Grateful Living Facebook page, um, which you can find on our website at gratefulbox.com. And we inspire people to choose Grateful Living from that page. And we will have a program this year for just gratitude. How do you start a life of gratitude? How do you have a happier life? Just baby stepping those people into this world. Because it is one baby step at a time. It's I envision that people are practicing gratitude and they don't need a reminder. Mm-hmm. Like when you got up this morning and you had your routine, you've added habits that you just do naturally. You don't have to have a list. You know, Jason, brush your teeth. Jason, you know, blah, blah. It, they're just habitual. So my whole vision is that people are practicing gratitude and walking in gratitude and they didn't need a post-it note. Mm, I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. It's just part of daily life. Just part of the Oh, yeah. It's just part of the day, how they show up. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. I'll be sure and link all that up in the show notes uh, when we publish. And my last question is always the same. Being that we're concerned with human flourishing, I'm I'm curious what your interpretation or what's the meaning of wellness to you? How does it show up in your life? So wellness is starts in the mind for me and is a choice. Um, Wellness is oneness with yourself and your higher power, whatever that is for you. Mine is God. He's my number one shareholder and my boss. And wellness is just being. It's being, um, being in the now, not living in the past, not looking to the future. It's just, I've learned how to be, like not be rushed. I'm not rushed anymore. I don't have that. Gratitude has centered me to um, just kind of just be. I don't know how to explain it. I don't have a lot of anxiety in my world because I just believe that I trust and that it's all going to work out. I appreciate and that. And that's wellness to me. 
I appreciate that. Yeah, that's uh, it's a big question, one that really isn't well defined. And so I've asked some 90 plus people about the question now, and I've gotten 90 plus different answers. And I'm sure. And the beauty of it is, is that every single person comes at it from a different angle, but they all include similar components. You know, whether it's the mentality that you you create, like the the gratitude piece that that you're so fond of, or you know, the physical piece. Or being at peace, which is something that you alluded to in your explanation, that there's got to be some commonality in there that we're all communicating, but right. it just hasn't been well defined yet. So thank you for your answer. I appreciate the enlightenment. That said, Kim Angeli, thank you for being on the show today. I appreciate you, girl. I'm going to get this listed, posted, and out to the world. So for those of you guys who are interested in checking out Kim and her great work with Grateful Box, be sure and hit her up on Facebook and check out her stuff until then we'll see you in the next episode thank you that's going to do it for this episode of hardwater radio guys as always thank you so much for listening we appreciate you guys and if you're vibing on this content be sure and help us grow the tribe by liking sharing subscribing and by all means leave us a comment on your favorite podcatcher let us know what you like what you dislike and if you are someone out there who would like to tell your story we are a collector of stories here. Shoot me a message, jason at hardwater.com or pick me up on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever works for you. And I'd love to have that conversation with you guys. Until then, this is Jason Archer signing off, reminding you to remember your future.